Welcome to the Sports Talker with T.J. Walker, presented by Allen Electric. And now, here's T.J. Walker. Hello, everybody. Happy Tuesday to you here on 1450, the Sports Buzz. Uh, Still kind of regrouping from all the sports that happened over the weekend, and we didn't get to nearly enough of them yesterday because we got sidetracked making fun of Trevor for waiting 48 hours to watch a Star Wars movie. Uh, things came up. We weren't able to, to to touch base on everything. So hopefully we'll get to more of that stuff today. Trevor, how are you? I'm good, TJ. Happy May the 5th. Thank you. It's Cinco de Mayo. That's right. It's Cinco de Mayo. This is the day we go from celebrating Star Wars yesterday to celebrating the great country of Mexico today. Or Mexico, as I like to say. Are you going to have uh, Mexican music in and out of the breaks? I just might have some Mexico-themed music to lined up today. Okay, uh, fantastic. Do you know what? Do you even know what Cinco de Mayo is, or what you're celebrating? It is the celebration of the Mexican army's victory over the French when trying to invade Mexico City in the Battle of Puebla. Yeah, for the most part, you're spot on. I'm pretty sure that's about it. It's unlike most Americans confuse it with the Independence Day of Mexico, which is actually September 16th. You're you're spot on with <clears throat> with that. Uh, I'd like to thank uh, Ruben Martinez, my uh, Mexican roommate and best friend for over 20 years. Now, the Cinco de Mayo victory was all for naught, ultimately, because uh, France was able to get the land that they had lost. Yes. And then conquer Mexico City only for about three years before America started getting involved or threatening to get involved and things started to crumble. And then that is, again, Mexican independence, like you mentioned. It's, you'd be surprised. History is one of the few classes I showed up to, and or at least showed up to unstoned and stayed awake during in high school. <laughs> yeah, I was a I was a history minor at UK, Trevor. And again, as I mentioned, my best friend being of the Mexican descent, it's kind of hard not to uh, grasp some of their uh, great holidays and traditions. Even though I don't know how beating the French is really something to celebrate. I mean, it is the French. No offense to any the, the French people listening. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure I imagine that offense was probably taken if French people are listening, Trevor. Uh, but but plenty to talk about today. Uh, we'll get to some NBA talk. We'll obviously talk some college basketball. Uh, the world of basketball recruiting never stops. So we'll we'll touch base on some of those. Uh, we'll take your questions. Uh, you can, as always, tweet in to the show at T Walker Rivals. Captain Arctic already has a tweet in, and we'll get to that. Uh, or as he called in yesterday, you can call into the Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram Buzz Line. It's got a new name, which means you probably should get to calling, uh, so you can have me say that uh, say that every time. Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram Buzz Line five zero two three eight four fourteen fifty. I like the new name, Trevor. Yeah, more cars means more business. Exactly, and more options. Uh, the 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 new Jeeps, by the way. Not to get off on a little side note, those are awesome. Are you a Jeep not like, guy? I never really picked. I've seen you drive a little little sports car, though, don't you? You're, I don't really picture you as a Jeep guy. <clears throat> I'm a whatever I can get kind of guy when it comes to car. I'm not pick- four wheels and a steering wheel. <laughs> I'm probably one of the least picky persons when it comes to to really anything. 
I, I, I don't care really what my mom, she hates the color of my house. I, I could care. I could not care less about, uh, about that. That doesn't bother me, whatever. I don't care what kind of car I drive as long as it works. So, but the new Jeeps are really cool, Trevor. Well, wait a minute. Now I got to know what color your house is. Let me, let, me, let me guess. I know the area you live in. Uh, I'm going to say is it like a yellow almost. Yeah, that's it's kind of creepy, man. I know that uh, area it, well. Lived there many years. It's an old. It, it probably looked good when they first painted it, but the sun has kind of baked it to be this ugly honey mustard type of yellow. Uh, but again, I don't care. It doesn't matter to me. As long as the walls but, don't leak, I wouldn't give two bleeps either. But if my mom wants to dish out the money, I'm not going to say no to that. Um, yeah, exactly. But uh, there is a funny story. Speaking of the house today. So I'm getting a new fence for, for little Abe, and that's that's my dog for those who haven't listened. So we needed to get a dumpster in the back to tear down parts of the old fence, and the old fence is really old, and, and parts of it are already missing. So uh, we got a dumpster back there. I get a call saying that they had hit my side awning. I've got a side entryway, and they had hit the side awning. I would need to come back, check out if it was if they needed to pay for anything, if the damage was that bad, this and that. So when they say that, if they're calling Trevor and they didn't just try to hide it, then you knew it had to be pretty bad. It's something that sticks out, yes. It's not something you're going to walk by and, and not notice in a, in, without going a second take. If there was any way they could have gotten away with it, I feel they probably wouldn't have called. So I had the worst of uh, expectations heading back to the house. And I got back here, and I'm, I'm surprised the awning didn't just completely fall off. I mean, it was hanging on by a nail. Uh, they completely demolished it. So I'm obviously, assuming your awning in that house is probably pretty old to begin with, too. No, I mean, it looked fine. It looked fine. It was functional. It, it, it had a little slope that rain would fall down. So if you were trying to get in through the side door, rain wouldn't fall, up on, fall on you. Which is an awning's purpose in life. That is an awning's purpose. You're exactly right about that. So it was very functional, uh, but now it's not so much because it's almost in pieces. Uh, so, yeah, they, they, they will hopefully, uh, well, they will be writing me uh, a check for that. So the joys of owning a house. Well, I guess wouldn't they just maybe just like deduct it from the work they're uh, doing for you? Wouldn't that be easier? Or? Well, they're not part of the fence guys. They're, they just came to dump off the dumpster. So the oh. fence guys have something to to put the old wood in. Oh, it wasn't even the guys actually doing the work. It was just somebody dropping off a dumpster so the employees could actually do their job. No, and we and we've got some buddies, some family friends that we know doing the fence, and they they said, "Oh, well, looks like you might have another job for us." So they were actually kind of happy about it, which was a slap in the face. Um, but no, but they were they were being nice about it, and I was okay with that. Captain Arctic says that his car is older than me. Uh, 1987 BMW 3 Series that spent most of his life at the airport. Trevor, I'm starting to think Captain Arctic has uh, a little bit of coin. I, yeah, there's no way. Yeah, Captain Arctic's got somebody. He's living in Arizona. He's li- working out of home. Uh, he's got a uh, beautiful uh, girlfriend on his arm. He's got a nice gig traveling across the country, hanging out, listening to us, watching NBA all day long. I, I envy Captain Arctic's life. I do. I wonder if he's hiring. <laughs> Does he have a spare bedroom that I can work out of? I mean, exactly. I think my car might be able to. What year were you born, TJ? Again, 92? 91. 91. Oh, well, you are a little older than my car. I have the newest car I've ever owned currently, which is the 96. So, my, fir- 
my, my first car ever was a 86 Mercedes that was old, but when I got it, it only had, I think, 70,000 miles on it, which Mercedes, was unbelievable. Mercedes, though. That's, look at you styling like Pablo Escobar out there. Rolling it was, the streets uh, it was, of Lexington. It was actually it was a really fun car to drive. It uh, was unbelievably smooth. If you, you could hit a pothole and not even know it, and it was just your normal little four, four-door Mercedes. I'm not sure exactly sure what kind of car it was. I had it from probably when I was 16 to 18 and then had no air conditioner, no cup holders. Uh, and then uh, eventually my car currently, by the way, eventually we had to, uh, we had to get something fixed on it and it would have been more money than we spent buying the car. So uh, we ended up just getting the car that I have now, uh, but I do miss the old Mercedes. You've had that car for a while than the one you have now. I've seen the one you drive currently. Yep, I've had that for a while. Uh, I wouldn't say I take unbelievably good. Well, I take good care of it on the outside. The inside is really messy, but when you have to drive eight or nine hours for work, uh, that that happens from time to time. I'm preaching the choir, brother. You have you've never seen inside of my car. It's full of nothing but uh, McDonald's cups, quarter pounder boxes, and cigarette packs. All right, <laughs> well, I'm, that, that that sound that kind of sums you up a little That's bit. That's right, ladies. Line on up for Trevor if you haven't. Uh, if you're single still, I'm available. <laughs> All right, so where should we go from here in the sports world? What uh, What's going on? We're learning more about Kentucky's out-of-conference basketball schedule. I wanted to get to that yesterday. Uh, we're not going to – we didn't have, obviously, enough time to do all that. Uh, it's shaping up to be another great out-of-conference schedule. Maybe not so great, Trevor, if you're a U.K. season ticket holder uh, because – the only big game coming to Rupp Arena, the only big, big game, obviously, will be the Louisville game. Uh, besides that, it's going to be a good schedule, especially if you can travel and follow the team around a little bit. Uh, they're going to play Duke in Chicago, I'm fairly certain, and I'm trying to find exactly where I had their whole out-of-conference schedule. Uh, Duke and Chicago, which will be a really fun game, defending national champs versus another Final Four team. Everybody wanted to see that game in April. Going to have to wait till November to see it. They will play at UCLA, which is a, a fun game with the history of those two programs, although it wasn't quite as fun of a game last year uh, with Kentucky up 41-7. to we have been able to confirm, not not me, but other websites, other people have been able to confirm that they will host Wright State. We've obviously known about the South Florida game in late November. That one will take place in Miami. They'll play Illinois State at home. Like I mentioned, the game in Los Angeles, that'll be early December. EKU will come to town. Ohio State, a part of the Champions Classic in Brooklyn. UCLA, UNC will be the other game up there. And then Louisville, they'll go on the road for the SEC Big 12 Challenge. And Matt Jones reported today that Kentucky will play Arizona State at home, which will be, that'll be a fun, that'll be, a, I guess, a, a semi-fun game. I don't think that's a game Kentucky really is in jeopardy of losing. Will Bobby Hurley return to Rupp Arena? Or not return, I guess, but uh, coming to Rupp Arena? Yeah, and that's fun. He's an exciting young coach that's getting his first real big job. I wouldn't. I don't know if I'd consider Buffalo a real big job, but he will. Uh, he'll get a chance to Rupp Arena, and, and supposedly, I, I don't know why Matt Jones reporting also that there will be a return game 
Kentucky won't travel out to Arizona State, which is a bummer for UK fans that would travel because I'm sure that would be a very fun road trip. That return game will be in the Bahamas. Why? I'm not sure. Who knows? But that's the out-of-conference schedule that we know right now, and then obviously the SEC schedule will be the, the same old SEC teams. We'll have to see exactly who comes to Rupp Arena and who Kentucky gets on the road, and then there'll be a few teams who Kentucky plays twice, obviously. Uh, we could probably actually figure that out. I'm not going to take time to do it on my show, uh, but you know they're going to play Florida at least twice. We haven't even gotten to talk really about Billy Donovan leaving leaving Florida, Trevor. So uh, that, that, the SEC landscape is going to be strange next season. A lot of talented players like we've talked about. I don't know how many talented teams. So, Not to mention the SEC did upgrade its coaching staff. Well, I don't know if Avery Johnson would be considered an upgrade until we see him coach. Ex-NBA players have been uh, a 50-50 chance of flopping flat on their face. Isaiah Thomas being one of them. We can talk about his some reason blackmailing of James Dolan again today, getting another job. But they, Avery Johnson still in Alabama standards is an upgrade, as well as obviously Mississippi State with Ben Halland. Yeah, new coaches in, in the uh, in the SEC, and again, some of those coaches will be coaching very, very talented players. Some not maybe so great coaches coaching talented players. Just, just say it's straight, say it. Ben Halland will have Malik Newman, and Avery Johnson will have what's left of Alabama. <laughs> and and. Again, Jones at LSU, who isn't new, yeah. uh, but maybe not a great coach, is going to have two probably two probable lottery picks, maybe debatably the number one pick in the 2016 draft. See how they do there. So it's, it, all things considered, it's going to be another fun schedule for Kentucky. And there will be some other minor pieces. Uh, there will likely, I, I don't know if you'll get another big name besides the schools that we already talked about, uh, but you will you will get a lot of other small filler games. John Calipari temporarily, temper, usually likes to get teams that, small name teams that do well in their conference, helps UK's numbers, help RPI, all that, strength the schedule, all that good stuff. But we'll see. A lot of games still to be figured out then. Uh, but it's shaping up to be a, a schedule for Kentucky. And again, we don't know if UK is going to add another piece. We'll probably talk about that later in the show today. We don't know if they're completely done with recruiting. We have a new name to mention on air today that we'll talk a little bit about. Spoke uh, with their with, with his high school coach, and I'm talking about and I, and I love this name, Trevor. Uh, it's it's one that I, I find incredibly uh, fun to say. It kind of makes me wish that I had changed my name maybe a little bit. Uh, to, to something along these lines, and that would be LeGerald Vick. I, I, I would like you to call me LaTerry Walker. What is that name? Why does that stick out to you so much? Because it's it's a Vick? Leger, you just like LeGerald? I like the name LeGerald. Is that what you're going to name your first son? Have you informed Hannah of that yet? I, I, that's going to be Terry the Third. Oh, okay. <laughs> but that that's not going to be for at least 10, to, 10, 10 or more years. No, no rush there. Not to mean to put but, you on the spot there, but but you know, LeGerald, Le I love it. I, I I like it a lot. So Kentucky reached out to him. He was listen to this, Trevor. This is going to this is probably going to be fuel for Louisville fans, and and it shouldn't be. And I'll tell you why. So he was ranked, I think, one thirty seven, one forty seven. I don't have it in front of me in rivals for the class of two thousand sixteen. 
so back at the bottom of the of the rivals 150, they ranked the the top 150 players. He's a three star. He was originally supposed to be class of 2015, but needed possibly. It looked like he was going to need an extra year of school for prep school. Now it turns out maybe not. His he turned his grades around. I think. Uh, his coach said he got straight A's. Now it looks like he's going to grades won't be an issue. So he's going to move back to 2015. But he has dominated lately, the last month of basketball. So I, I talked to Rivals National Recruiting Analyst that said if he stays in 2016, he's going to be a top 50 player. If he moves to 2015, he'll be a four star. Won't be ranked because the, the final rankings have already come out. But a four star ranks really anywhere from, I think, 60 down. So a top 60 player. We'll talk more about LeGerald Vic. We'll talk more about UK schedule, what their roster could look like next year. We'll also have Rob Doster on later in the show. So stick around here on 1450 The Sports Buzz. We'll be right back. Sports Talker with TJ Walker. The snozberries taste like snozberries. <laughs> Presented by Allen Electric. We're back here on 1450, the Sports Buzz. Let's waste no time bringing in our guest for this next segment, Rob Doster. NBC Sports covers college basketball, also a big soccer fan. Uh, Rob, my sources have told me that you are currently watching soccer. Yeah, yeah, dude. It's the uh, Champions League semifinal first leg, uh, Real Madrid and Juventus. It's been a pretty good match. Real Madrid's going to lose. I'm pretty sure that there's about zero listeners that actually care about my analysis when it comes to soccer, though. Uh, the Lul has a minor league soccer team, and sometimes I like to talk about them because I'm a I'm a soccer fan too, but kind of on a United States level, and uh, a lot of people don't like him when we talk about soccer here either. I, but you know what? I kind of do it anyways. Who, who's in the? This is the semifinals, correct? Yeah, yeah. It's it's probably one of the uh, five or six biggest matches that you'll see all all year long for uh, for the other kind of football. Who's in the other semi, real quick? Barcelona and Bayern Munich, which will probably end up being a better game. Um, but Juventus is going to—I mean, they're—they're up—they're up two-one right now. And they, uh, the way they do the semifinals, there's two legs, so they play ninety minutes at one stadium and ninety minutes at the other stadium. So Barcelona—or I'm sorry, Real Madrid is still going to have plenty of time to come back. But you know, it's—it's it's kind of a big deal. Real Madrid is the best team in the world, probably. Interesting. Well, that, that, that's something that uh, I probably need to pay more attention to because I'm sure it is a lot better soccer than we probably find here in the United States. <laughs> just a little bit. Just a little bit better. Probably, probably slightly. Uh, so it's. I think it's been a maybe a week or two since we, we've gotten to talk to you. First, let's just kind of keep it local. 
Uh, Yogi Ferrell coming back to Indiana, what does that mean for the Hoosiers, and where would you tentatively rank them heading into next season? Uh, well, I mean, it's I think it's absolutely enormous for Indiana. Uh, as of now, I, I think we have them 16th in our preseason top 25. Um, but, I mean, getting him and James Blackman back means that they're still going to be able to play that kind of spread, up-tempo style, and, you know, adding Thomas Bryant means they'll have a guy inside that can block some shots and rebounds. Like that, everything that Tom Crean needed to have happen for his team to be, you know, relevant next season happened this off season. So, it, if you're an Indiana fan, it's really been, uh, you know, there's really not much you can complain about over the course of the last two or three months, except for the this whole MIT thing. But you know, whatever. This is probably Tom Crean's last stand, I would imagine. Either you you win this year, or else it, it's no it's no questions. He's packing his bags. Yeah, I know, but it feels like we've been saying that for two years. You know, I, I just I think it's but everybody, everybody knew they were going to stink last year. Yeah, you know, but I, a lot of people said that last year was going to be the the team that um, this year was going to be the team that ended up getting him fired, and you know, it, it wasn't the best year that they've ever had, but it, I, I think they actually did a pretty good job and. You know, I still think there's a concern about who he's bringing in and, and why he's not landing as much of the elite talent in the state as, as you know, people think he might need to. But, I, I, you know, anytime you talk about Tom Crean and his job status, I think the first thing you have to mention is where Indiana was when he actually took over. And, you know, the fact that he's rebuilt it into um, something that's going to, to probably contend for a Big Ten title next year, I, I think that, you know, that's, that's very relevant, and it's something that shouldn't be glossed over easily. Yeah, uh, I, I, Rob, I, I, I do disagree a little bit with the sense that he's built Indiana into something special. Because it's Indiana. I think you could bring any half-decent coach in and have, the, have similar results to what he's had over the course of, what are we on now, year eight, year seven? Yeah, and, and I guess I agree with that a little bit. But you also have to remember that, you know, one, he turned Victor Oladipo into a, a first-team All-American. Two, part of the reason that they didn't have the front-court pieces that everyone thought they were going to have the last two years was because Cody Zeller went pro probably a year earlier than he expected, and Luke Fisher transferred out of the program after one semester. And that kind of depleted who he had in the front court. Um, I think you've got to factor all that in. Has he been... As good as, you know, maybe Brad Stevens would have been there. Has he been the, the ideal hire? No, probably not. But, but to sit here and say that, you know, he has not done a good job at Indiana, I, I don't necessarily agree with that. That said, you know, I think that he does see the writing on the wall because I know that he did go after some of the jobs that came open um, this spring. Yeah. So he, he, does, he does think that it might be, you know, he might be in a position where his job will uh, he could end up losing his job based on you know what happens this season i think that is something you got to keep in mind too when we're having this conversation and you're always judged by your rivals and, and louisville has a national title since crean's been there kentucky obviously a national title several final fours hasn't able really even to dominate purdue who's been pretty mediocre since tom crean's been there uh, so I, I can understand the frustration but i agree with you he does have uh, he, he does have a very solid five, a very talented team. 
Uh, we'll see what he's able to do, and I, I think they're a legitimate top 15 team, if not a top 10 team. Uh, and let's keep it local again. Haven't really spoken to you about Louisville, who now is grad transfer you, uh, bringing in Damian Lee and Trey Lewis from Drexel and Cleveland State, respectively. Uh, what do you make of Louisville's outlook for next season? They're obviously probably done adding uh, any other pieces. Uh, they they weren't able to address the front court needs of an interior scorer, but their backcourt is significantly better than it was maybe a month ago after Terry Rozier announced he was heading pro. Yeah, I I really like the pieces that they've added. I'm I'm a huge Donovan Mitchell fan. I think he's going to have an immediate impact with the PC. Um, I think that he is absolutely terrific. Uh, you know, Damian Lee is a guy that he averaged 21 points a game for Drexel last year. A team that does not. You know, get up and down at all. He's six foot six. He can hit threes. He can score off the dribble. Um, I think he's another guy that's going to have an immediate impact for him. And I think that he is a very, very good piece. I think he's a guy that can average 13 or 14 points a game in the ACC legitimately. Um, especially playing the way that Louisville does. Trey Lewis is a guy that can really shoot. And, you know, with him and, and hopefully Quentin Snyder, if he can continue to kind of build on the, 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 the way that he was playing at the end of the year, I think that he's another guy that could uh, kind of give them a really good backcourt. But you're right. They don't have any kind of interior presence. You know, I, I don't think Mango, Mathiang is ever really going to be a guy that can, you know, be a, have a Montrezl kind of impact or even a, a Gorgie Jang kind of impact. Um, I, I don't know what the uh, the Egyptian kid, I'm blanking on his name, but not Mahmoud. I don't know if I said mm-hmm. that right. I don't know what kind of impact he's going to end up having next year. He's talented, but, you know, he probably weighs like you know, half of what Trevor weighs. So that's not a good sign of your, uh, your, your seven foot two center. So he wishes. I, I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm just concerned. Man. And you know what, Trevor, that was mean after you played the super troopers intro, man, that should be nice to you after you, you played that for me. You boys like Mexico. <laughs> it is Cinco de Mayo after all. Uh, it, it, we, we, I was a little rough on Trevor yesterday, Rob, because he, he admitted that when he was back in 97 or 98, he waited 48 hours to see a Star Wars movie. <laughs> oh, man, I don't buy it. I think he's lying. I, I, I don't. And, and the God, I did, Rob. That, that's not something you'd want to lie about, though. Uh, you, you wouldn't want people to make fun of you knowing that you waited outside a movie theater when, how old were you, Trevor? Were you, you 20, 23, 22? Oh, wait, wait, you waited outside the theater. Yeah, I camped out. You waited outside the theater for two days. Yeah, I camped out for episode one, yeah. 48 hours. Oh, I thought you meant he waited like two days to actually go see the movie. (laughs) No, I camped out with the rest of the losers for 48 hours. (laughs) And and Rob, you'd love this part of the story. It turns out that right at the last minute, they decided to do a midnight showing, and... Rob ended up getting tickets, or not Rob, and Trevor, excuse me, whoa. Uh, Trevor ended up getting tickets to that, so his waiting 48 hours was completely worthless. And the movie sucked. <laughs> so we had, we had, I, just, we had I, don't, I don't see the appeal in the Star Wars movies. I just don't get it. I like them, but I'm not a... Think... All the commercials yesterday, in and out, Trevor would just play Star Wars music, and it was, it was awful, and I can't control it because I'm not in the studio. <laughs> wait, a minute, you, wait a minute, Rob. You don't get Star Wars, but you—I bet if there was a Vin Diesel cameo in it, or they did it bust into a musical number like Pitch Perfect, you'd go watch it. 
Well, <laughs> I already bought my tickets for the uh, the day early showing of Pitch Perfect down here in D.C. So now, yeah. Rob, would you would you wait forty eight hours for the next Fast and Furious whenever that comes out? I would not wait forty eight hours for anything. I, I would not either. stand in line for forty eight hours for anything in the entire world. Anything? Nothing. Not even I'm a concert? Nothing. There's not, no, like why? Why? There is nothing in this world that I need that badly where I'm going to stand in line for two full days to wait for it. Nothing at all. Interesting. I'm, I, I'm sure. I'll even just go see it like a week later. Or, you know, I'll illegally download it, or I'll just watch it on my TV. Like, there's nothing. No sporting event, no no movie, no TV show, no nothing where I would wait in line for 48 hours to see it. Now, in my defense, gentlemen, it was episode one of Star Wars, a movie that I'd been waiting my entire life to see what was going to happen after growing up watching the original trilogy. So, I mean, it wasn't like it was a sequel to a movie that had just, you know, the second one had come out like a couple years earlier. It was it was a special event. And we're talking with Rob Doster of NBC Sports, who uh, we <laughs> we didn't bring on here to talk movies well, and what what is worth waiting 48 hours for. But I kind of like this conversation. But, but here's the thing. Like, the original three Star Wars are so overrated. I don't know. You're probably going to rip me for this, Trevor, but they are so overrated. Like, there's, they're just not good movies. Compare, yeah. Oh, God, Lord, I don't even know what to say to that. I mean, that's just blasphemy. They're not good movies. I, you can say, you can say, Rob, you're right. They are good movies. I think Rob's that's dipped into the Cinco say. de Mayo celebration a little too early today. No, <laughs> I, I haven't even started with any of that yet. Yeah, he's got, he's got two, he's got a Corona in each hand right now as he's watching this soccer match with his phone on speaker. <laughs> so, so, well, not, well, the soccer match, soccer match is over now, but that doesn't change the fact. The Star Wars movies are overrated. So you're a Star Trek guy, then? No, I'm not a Star anything guy. All right, we're we're, we're done with the Star talk. Uh, I'm intervening. And, and Yates, by the way, just texted me and said, "Don't let these haters bring me down." I won't, Yates. I'm not letting these guys. I, they're they're not. They can't. No, hate no, like no. Look, I have, I have all the respect in the world for someone that that, that cares that much about a terrible movie. <laughs> that's, that's, what I told him that's a great backhanded like, well, comment. If that's what you if that's what you got to do, if that's what you, if you want if you if you have forty eight hours to spend waiting in line to watch the sequel for an awful trilogy, Prequel. then you know what? More more power to you. More power to you. Trevor, we just got an anonymous text into the show saying that Trevor's bringing down the coolness of the show. <laughs> <laughs> this is high school all over again. <laughs> anyway, sorry, so we're, Rob, we're talking about the local teams here with Indiana, Louisville, last but certainly not least, Kentucky. They're missing out on all these big recruits in the last two weeks. What is your prediction for do they add anybody else and and how do they look heading into next season and how do you feel about possibly ranking them as a top five team well i feel incredibly good about ranking them as a top five team you know they so they don't have seven nba players on their roster well they still happen to bring back a kid by the name of tyler ulis i don't know if you can touch fans remember him <laughs> they're still bringing in you know arguably the best guard in the country in isaiah briscoe they're still bringing in the number one recruit in the country, Scala Bissier, who, you know, is going to end up being very, very, very good. Um, he's, he's a six foot 11 center that blocks shots, hit, hits threes. Like, I think, I don't think that he's going to have the same impact that Anthony Davis did 
but it's not going to be all that far behind. I think that he's that kind of talent. And, you know, I think he's going to end up being the number one pick in the 2016 draft. So you put those three together with Marcus Lee, Alex Poitras, Michael Mulder, and Charles Matthews. And what you have is a top five team that is going to compete for the SEC title, that is going to compete for the Final Four, and is going to have a shot to win a national title. So, you know, all this talk about them missing out on these guys, yeah, you know what, they're not going to be going 38-0 next season. That doesn't mean that they can't win a national title, they can't make a Final Four, that they're not going to be good. Like, I, it's, it's overblown to me at this point, the fact that Kentucky's in trouble. And, and look, here's the other thing. You know, I think people are kind of sleeping on just how good Marcus Lee is going to be next season. I think that he's a guy that could end up playing his way into the NBA draft. I don't know if he'll be a first-round pick, but he's a six foot ten athlete with a motor that does everything you need to do to be able to have success as a front-court player playing for John Calipari. And I think he's a perfect complement to Skull, and I, I just I don't understand why they, there are so many people that are concerned about uh, Kentucky next season. You know, I get it. They didn't get any of those six recruits. Four of them stayed home. One of them was Sheck Diallo, and one of them made a weird decision to go to Cal that no one understood. And yeah. beyond that, like, it is what it is. It was, this was a weird recruiting class. They still got one of the best guards in the country. They still got the best recruit in the country. So, you know what? You can't win them all. And I think you summed that up pretty perfectly, especially the the weird recruiting class part. I, I don't think this is going to be the norm. I, I don't think you can expect John Calipari to miss out on maybe his top uh, four or five targets when push comes to shove. It, it just it, it was a weird class, and also I think you broke down Kentucky's roster. Fairly, fairly decent. I think foul trouble would be something to look out for, especially in the front court. But every team needs to look out for that. I think UK fans a bit spoiled with how much depth they had last year. That's that's not the norm, and I think Kentucky fans kind of need to take a step back and <clears throat> realize that. Uh, so while we're on this little local kick, Rob, and, and last question before we let you go, if you were creating an all Kentuckyana triangle team. I'd be an oddly shaped triangle with Kentucky, Indiana, and Louisville players. Uh, you know, if you want to break down which players you'd have starting in your starting five, you can, or just kind of give me the numbers of maybe three Kentucky players, two IU players, and this and that. Ooh, that's a good question. Well, I, obviously, Skull would be the start of center for me. Um, oof. I think I would have James Blackman at the two. And I think I would start Yogi Harrell. I'm, I'm sorry, uh, Tyler Ulis at the one, not Yogi Harrell. Um, who would be the three? That's uh, really maybe Damian Lee. Lee. I think I would start Damian Lee at three, and there really isn't a power forward on any one of those rosters. I think I would. I think I would start Marcus Lee at the four. So I would go Marcus Lee, um, starting starting up front with Skull, and then go. Damian Lee, James Blackman, and Tyler Eulis in the backcourt. I think I would go Eulis over Yogi Ferrell. And that, that would be... Yeah, that's what I would that'd, do. That'd be a really good five. And and I, I think the only debate would be Yogi or Tyler Eulis and maybe Thomas Bryant or Marcus Lee. I think Thomas Bryant's going to be really good for Indiana. Um, yeah, but, but he's more of a five to me than... like I, I, I don't know if he's as... Because you need a guy that can step on the perimeter and guard like a stretch four, and I think that Marcus Lee is more equipped to do that than Thomas Bryan is. Um, yeah. yeah, 
And, I, and Yogi Ferrell versus Tyler Eulis would be a tough one. I think I would just go with Eulis because um, I think he's a better facilitator and there's enough talent on that roster around him where you don't need a guy that needs 15 shots a game at the point. And I, I agree with that. If you put Tyler Eulis with perimeter shooters and scorers like James Blackman, which could have happened, last-minute decision for him to pick Indiana over Kentucky, and then Damian uh, Damian Lee, and also for penetration factor, I know Tyler Ulysses isn't going to take it to the rim, but he can get inside, and we saw plenty of alley-oops, uh, not as many to Marcus Lee, because Marcus Lee was on the bench for the majority of last season. I think you probably did nail it, all things considered, and uh, we may have to get some other people's opinion, some listeners' opinion on this all-Kentuckiana all starting five team, but we'll let you, we'll let you go, Rob. We, we got a little out of uh, out of control here uh, on your segment today. But thanks so much for joining us, as always, and enjoy the rest of your week. If you think that was out of control, then I'm glad you didn't listen to the old days when it was me and Trevor. <laughs> I did, I did, and my goal was to not get there, and I felt that we kind of creeped into that a little bit, but I know you guys kind of took it to a whole other level. <laughs> it's because I called out Star Wars. That's what it was. Trevor had to jump in. You did. You, you hit one of his buttons. But thanks for joining us, Rob. We'll talk to you next week. Take care, guys. That's a that's a fun question. We're gonna we're I'm gonna put that out there on Twitter um, and ask for you all to kind of give me some responses back. We're going to head to a commercial break, but first I've got to remind you guys that the Sports Talker is brought to you by Allen Electric, Kentuckyana's first and only electrician dedicated to residential repairs. Give them a call at eight or six three six help for any electrical service. Allen Electric. We'll never leave you in the dark. We're going to head to commercial break. We will be right back, and we'll have another, I'm sure, out-of-hand segment. This is 1450 The Sports Bus. What'd you say? Oh, you're talking to me all wrong. It's, it's the wrong tone. You do it again. I'll stab you in the face with a soldering iron. Is that right? Let me ask you something. Eh? Does your mother sew? Now, back to the Sports Talker with T.J. Walker. Presented by Allen Electric. I was a little too tall. Could have used a few pounds. That was a great... Flip and then a great song, Trevor. You did a very fantastic job right there. Two for two, all right. Joe Dirt was on on Sunday. They were playing all all sorts of great movies. Had Joe, I think it was on Comedy Central. Had Joe Dirt. Had the Step Brothers, and then one more that I can't think of right now. I've never actually watched Step Brothers all the way through. I've seen it bits and pieces here and there, but never sat and watched it from start to finish. Now. Mr. Joe Dierte, I saw in theaters and have loved it ever since. Why haven't you seen Step Brothers all the way through? Uh, I think because it, it came out around the same time I was starting to get, and I still am a little tired of the Will Ferrell act. I mean, it's the same thing in every movie, kind of like what Adam Sandler did, and it got until he decided to go punch drunk love uh, 180 on everybody. Will Fer- the same char- Will Ferrell plays the same stick in every movie. It's the same kind of character. It's it's good for the first couple movies, but after a while, it just gets kind of old to me. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I could understand that. I, I guess it hasn't gotten old to me. I mean, he's made plenty of bad movies, but I still like to watch him because <clears throat> it's just he's he's kind of goofy, kind of funny. I love, Separate, John, I love John C. Riley. His his role in, in Boogie Nights was one of my favorites. When I, I was going in to see Step Brothers, and I, I guess it's been out for a while now, maybe 2009, 2010. Yeah. But went to see it, and right before I was walked to, about to walk into the theater, I, I saw another friend that was leaving the theater, and I didn't I didn't wait 48 hours to see it. Uh, I just you know saw it eventually like a normal person. And one of my friends that I saw said that was the funniest movie I've ever seen. Big mistake. You can't give somebody that sort of – you can't give a movie that sort of hype right before you're about to see it, especially from a credible movie source. You have to have credible movie sources. You have to have your people you trust, whether if they say it's funny, you'll know you'll like it or you don't like it. This is somebody I actually did trust. Now, this knocked him down a peg. It was still good. I still enjoyed it. But now, watching it and kind of picking up on everything that happens, it's probably in my top ten movie list in terms of funniest movies. It's ironic because that's kind of how Anchorman was with me. I went and saw it in theaters. Went with a girl I was dating at the time, and some, uh, we double dated. And I remember leaving the movie thinking, oh, it's okay. It wasn't that. It was decent. But when I watched it the second time when it came out on video, and I watched the third, as you just mentioned, like with Step Brothers, you pick up on just kind of the under-the-radar, subtle, dry humor things said or jokes that are done. And you pick up on it more and more. And it just now Anchorman is, I wouldn't say it's my top five, but it's one of my more favorable quotable movies. And the great thing, a, a, a thing that makes movies so great is it has to be very quotable. And Step Brothers is almost as quotable as, as it gets. Nick Coffey, uh, he does after you love Step Brothers. He uses a lot of Step Brother clips in his, uh, his rejoins that he made himself. Well, we, we could have a nice little 1450 Step Brothers watching party. <laughs> will you wait 48 hours? Will you sit outside for 48 hours before it begins? You know it. I will. Uh, we, we're going to have to take another commercial break here in just uh, a few moments. So I don't want to get into another great sports topic, but we do have plenty more I want to talk about. I need to talk about John Calipari's letter, basically, to recruits uh, saying, I just imagine him almost yelling, just being like, we're not platooning anymore. Because that has been negatively used against him for the last few months, and I think he's kind of sick and tired of it. Uh, it might that that letter might have been a day late and a dollar short because you know you've already missed out on everybody. But maybe it's it's a it's a message to the 2016 guys. I'm not sure. Uh, we'll talk about that. Also, there's a there's a fun UK football stat that I saw earlier today, and Trevor just reminded me of. So we'll talk about that in the second segment. And we're going or not in the second segment, but the next segment. And we're also going to talk some more. We're going to talk more UK football as the spring and summer progresses. I know the last few shows there hasn't been as much of an emphasis on it, but we will talk about it. Um, and we're also going to discuss what you would wait 48 hours outside to see or do. I would have to th- – I'm sure there's something that have I would you, do. That have for. you ever set out for anything? Because now that I did 48 hours for Star Wars, but I also set out over 24 hours to see uh, Page and Plant in concert in Indianapolis in 98. That was almost two day wait for that. Now I got fifth row seats for that, and it was well worth it. No, I just, I, I mean, I don't know. It'd have to be something really, really, really cool. I'm sure I could think of a few things. You notice uh, these are in my younger days. Nothing after about twenty one, twenty two. Those those days are long gone in my past. Yeah, I. They're probably you know if I if I could guarantee maybe like a VIP pass to 
the masters or something like that maybe i'd maybe i'd wait i don't i mean 48 hours a long time and also it depends how you're spending that 48 hours if you have just a sleeping bag and you're on the ground on concrete we had lawn chairs and a a blanket and this was before smartphones hell i didn't have a cell phone when this came out see that had a beeper that would be awful so if you know if i had a nice little tent with a comfy bed maybe a big enough tent to have a blow-up mattress and i had my all my electronics and i could be on my laptop, then that wouldn't be so bad. And, and you know, have a, maybe a few beers. That that could be enjoyable. But if you're doing it old school style like you were, I'm out on that, obviously. Uh, we need to head to commercial break. Another fun and interesting thing happened just down the road for me that we'll talk about. So stick around here on 1450, the Sports Buzz. We'll be right back. The Sports Talker. I'm just, I'm kind of flabbergasted when you say things like that. It's weird. Thank you. Not a compliment. With T.J. Walker. What's up, players? One final segment here on the Sports Talker, and it's brought to you by Allen Electric, Kentuckyana's first and only electrician dedicated to residential repairs they've got their electrical license they've got everything you need give them a call at 636 help for any electrical service allen electric will never leave you in the dark they did some work around my house when i needed it so uh, i can i can vouch for them they do they do good they do good work uh Trevor, before we get to some some more sports talk and knowing how this show goes, it's probably going to just turn into uh, it's it's going to probably turn into a segment on its own. But Trinity High School will start using random drug tests on its students. So any student at any time, I mean, there, there, I guess maybe there could be some there there might be some rules and regulations on when they do it, but they can start going around and, and, and randomly drug testing students. And if they test positive for drugs, they can, I, I assume, be kicked out of school. So it's something like in the movie uh, Dazed and Confused, where they make them sign a pledge that they will uh, give 100% effort to the season next year and not uh, indulge in any partying or drug use in the offseason. And then also they're going to test alcohol. Oh, good which... Lord, in a Catholic school? Are you crazy? I... I... How do you test alcohol? Like, can you can you test for alcohol in, in, in pee samples? I don't mean to stereotype the Catholics, but are you going to test them for oxygen as well? Well, if you're if you're under, if you know, you probably don't want sixteen year old Catholics drinking. Oh, just say a couple of hail marys and you'll be all good. Let's see. Trinity plans to take hair samples to detect drugs drugs such as cocaine and marijuana for several months after use. According to the school. Well, a hair sample normally will equivalent, if you smoked more than about four joints in a month, the hair sample will show it up. I don't know. Don't ask me why I know that. That's, uh, that's, you know, I, I, a lot of my friends, 
went to Catholic schools, whether St. X or Trinity, went on to great colleges, did did well, and now find themselves with fantastic jobs. Uh, but a lot of those people also probably would have maybe been in trouble if that drug testing, random drug testing was in place, you know, five or six years ago. Now, when you say random, let, let's be honest here. We are we are discussing Trinity, and, and Trinity is in its own right uh, somewhat of a power. How, well, it's kind of I feel like this is going to be like a college random drug test where little Johnny gets a heads up about two weeks before the, the test comes to make sure he's he's cleaned himself up. Well, I'm sure that there will be some, well, maybe, you know, you know, that sounds awfully corrupt, but the, the, by the way, is this legal? Can they, can you do this in high school? At a, at a private school, you can do whatever you want. <laughs> okay. I guess so. Uh, yeah. That was always the rule at St. X and Trinity. When we get in trouble, all the students would want to like do a little stupid petition and get all righteous and. Uh, St. X would just always say, we're a private school. You signed over your rights when you wanted to enroll here, which is actually true. Which is weird because you have to pay. So you basically, in, in, in layman's terms, your parents are paying for you to lose all your rights to go to that school. Correct. But you're you're also theoretically paying for a good education and hopefully the uh, a step in the right direction to your college education. And if you can't make it a Trinity, you'll end up at Wagner because there wasn't a year at Wagner that I was there that we didn't get like three kids a year added because they dropped out or got kicked out of Trinity or St. X. Yeah. Uh, the, it's, here's the thing, though. St. X would do random drug testing. They'd bring in the drug dogs, and most, nobody was allowed to be – what's that? I was going to say most schools do. Even Wagner brought in drug dogs once a month to sniff lockers and cars and stuff like that. So that's what St. X would do. But they had a zero tolerance policy. So if they found, and they could check your cars too. They'd go out yeah. to your cars. Uh, if they found anything, you were kicked out of school. Trinity didn't have that same zero tolerance policy, or at least if they said it, if they said they had it in name, uh, they didn't actually follow through on it. Uh, Mike Rutherford at Card Chronicle had a really funny tweet saying that Trinity News is the best thing that's happened to St. X football since the forward pass became cool. Uh, which is a really good tweet. And then I thought I came back with a pretty good tweet saying that the forward pass just became cool at St. X after Glazer retired. Uh, but <clears throat> that's just some St. X Trinity back and forth that I'm sure people that didn't go there don't quite understand. This, Captain Artic This won't be a big deal until the best, a good player gets busted for it. And then the uproar of the fanhood comes back and, it, and then we'll see this go away. I don't really know how, how I feel about it. I, I mean, they're kids. Listen, kids are going to experiment with alcohol. They're going to experiment with some weed, or I wouldn't recommend them do cocaine or heroin or any other major drugs. But they're they're kids. They're gonna they're gonna experiment and test things over the weekend and have a good time. That's the point of being a kid is to learn what is to learn the path they're going to head on. And you can't do that if you don't get burned by sticking your hand in the oven a few times. Learn it's hot. I was about to just say something, and Captain Arctic literally just tweeted it, and I think it's exactly what he's trying to say. He says it's every bit as important to develop socially as well as academically at these holy schools in moderation, of course. Uh, but I, I think his point, uh, what he's trying to get at, I, I, I agree with. If you ideally at places like St. X and Trinity uh, in other private Catholic schools around the country – if you go to such great lengths to prevent your students from using drugs or alcohol and, and you're going to threaten to dismiss them if they're ever caught using it, not using it, not even using it 
at the time, but finding out they used it in the past on their own time away from the school on a weekend here and there. And you're going to go to great lengths to prevent that. Trevor, what's going to happen to those kids when they get to college? They're going to go Lynn bias all over the place and probably overdose. <laughs> I don't know. I don't I mean, not to that extreme, but they're going to. Yeah, they're going. They're going to. They're going to. I mean, it's like you. What's what's the tradition in the uh, in the Amish where they send out people? They're, they're young, twenty one. Yeah, that's what's going to happen. They're going to. They're going to. They're going to experience that. Someone's going to hand them their first joint. They're going to take one hit, and the next thing you know, they're addicted to funyuns and marijuana. I I agree. I agree. If you actually try to prevent this and you don't let them kind of learn on their own their limits, then you're really asking for disaster in college because no college, you know, colleges, Kentucky technically was a dry campus when I was there. And I think they're, they're moving off that now, but uh, you you can't prevent college students from drinking or at least being close to drugs. You really can't do that in high school either. uh, No matter, you know, how hard some parents try, it's, it's going to be available. And, and, and I, I think the kids that turned out the most normal, at least from my experience, were the ones that didn't have maybe the strictest parents. It was the ones whose parents who had them be home at 11 a.m. or 11 p.m., get to college and maybe, you know, have some bad experiences and hey, some of the find themselves. Girls in- I, some of the freakiest girls I ever knew were preacher's daughters. Thanks, Trevor. <laughs> Appreciate it. So I don't, I don't know if I necessarily like this from Trinity. Now, if they have maybe like a strike system where, okay, if you get caught using alcohol, if we test you for alcohol and, and we catch you twice, uh, then the then you're kicked out. You know, maybe you get maybe you only get one strike. Then that I still don't necessarily like. I don't know how how often they're going to drug test. How random it's going to actually be. Is there, will there be some sort of promise that, hey, at only one point in your, your, your year, your freshman year, your sophomore year, your junior year, you'll get drug tested and then we can't drug test you anymore. If that's the case, then that'd be, that'd be interesting. Well, it'd be like the combine draft, the, the combine drug test is basically, they tell you when you're getting drug tested. And if you fail that drug test, what that drug test is for is not to catch someone off guard or with marijuana or dr- drugs in their system. It's to basically say, listen, we're going to drug test you on date A, A and B. And we we're telling you this so if you can't quit smoking or snorting or whatever the hell you do enough to get clean just to drug test that day, then clearly we know you have a problem. And that and we've seen some athletes fail because they do have a problem. They can't stop smoking weed or doing whatever for even one day. But this is what if a kid goes out and on a Friday night after school, it's, it's a Saturday, Friday night and he he smokes something or he, I don't know how long alcohol would stay in your system and they test him on Monday. How can he be punished for doing something he did on the weekend away from school, away from campus, nowhere affiliated with the university or the, the school, not university, and be punished for it? That just makes no legal sense to me whatsoever. Are they going to DNA test too now and start putting that in the system? Well, according to the release, no, they will not be. Uh, they will not be DNA testing. And then uh, I'm reading a tweet right now that says Sanex does not have a, uh, a random drug test alcohol policy. But now if you're Sanex, you almost have to do that. You, you can't be the the bad boy Catholic school. And Sanex has always been probably the more conservative of the two schools. You're not allowed to have facial hair. You're not allowed to have long hair. Really? Uh, at, at Trinity, Yates would fit right in. <laughs> Trinity, I, I don't know. You're one of the few people I know that went to St. X. I was being being an East End kid in Wagner. 
I knew a lot more Trinity associates and had more friends that went to Trinity from my Westport middle school days as well. I don't know a lot of St. X. I don't know a lot as many people went to St. X. You're one of the very few, less than a handful of people I know that went to St. X. So I, I did not know that you couldn't have facial hair and long hair and basically walk around looking like DJ Yates. Who, by the way, went yeah. to Butler, which is a, uh, a private school as well, if I'm not mistaken. I don't think Butler's private. But he, but, but he was clean-shaved at Butler. I, I ran into somebody who knew him in high school, and they said he, was, uh, he had the clean-shave, like the, the Beatles haircut look. Well, <laughs> man, I bet, he'd look, I bet he'd look so handsome if he kept that look. I bet he, yes, he would. He looked so distinguished. But he's already living the dream. He's married. Not, not, no longer in the radio business. Yeah, he, still te- he still texts me to get in and chime in here and there. He used to text me into the show, but I guess I guess all relationships have been have been cut off there. Uh, let's let's table this Trinity stuff because this is interesting to me, and I need to learn more about it in terms of just the rules on when they can drug test, when they can't, uh, this and that. Because if they're just going to do it randomly and they could do it to you five or six times in the year, uh, I mean they're probably going to lose. 30% of their student body. I mean, if we're just being realistic, especially if you're going to include more al- than that. <laughs> if you're going to include alcohol, it probably is more than that. Um, but any, so we'll table that. We'll learn more about it and talk about it. Cause that's a fun discussion. And, and one that uh, kind of doesn't necessarily hit home for me, but it is close to my home. That's right down the street from my house. Trinity is, uh, but Trevor, you brought this up. I, I saw it earlier and uh, I wanted to mention it. <clears throat> And this goes to uh, Brian Brian Hash, who who writes for KSR. He said that Joker Phillips took 67 commitments during his time as head coach, and Bud Dupree this weekend became the only player that he had that, that was a commitment to him, one of 67 that was drafted. Still, good, still good to get a first round pick, though, even though he did spend two years under it, Stoops as well. No. It is, it's, it's not good to get one first-round pick with 67 guys in, at an SEC school. That is, positive. Not, that is not good. And, it, and a guy that you, you didn't really even turn into the player that he is. Um, that is not good. He, he had 21 that transferred, eight were dismissed, four never showed up on campus, and two ultimately decided to retire from football, which isn't necessarily funny because sometimes there's injuries, but it also is kind of very Joker Phillips that two guys that committed to him decided, eh, I never really want to play football again. I don't know why they retired, but the fact there was two of them is funny to me. It, 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 I think one really, I think was one was injuries. Which I feel bad for him, though. But it's still, I, I, in hindsight, it's funny. Uh, yeah, yeah. If you don't know, if it, you know, it, it's not... I, I think one was Dave Ulinsky, who I, I know and is actually a, a really, really good guy, and he's doing very well for himself, so I don't think he's missing football all that much. Um, I, don't, I can't remember off the top of my head who the other one was, but uh, then you have, you have eight, or you have 21 that transferred. That's, that's nearly a third of your players leave the program. And, of course, when Stoops came over, you know, you, you know either you're going to have some guys leave, but 21, a third of the guys don't don't graduate, don't make it. Well, not even then, that. You go 21 plus eight's 29. Then four never showed up, so that's what 30. 29 plus four is 33. Two, 30, so 35. 30, 35 of the 67 players never did never completed their four years whatsoever at Kentucky in some way or another. That's unbelievable. That over 
half your your commitments, fifty two percent of your commitments don't finish their their careers at UK. That's crazy to me. And by the way, uh, with the uh, Zarian, uh, with Smith being drafted, uh, Stoops has already matched in two years the draft totals of uh, the four the four year tenure Joker Phillips or three year whatever it was. That's unbelievable. Uh, that's just. Uh, if people wonder why UK football could be so far down, I mean, there is your there's your answer summed up very easily. I think I think BTI sent those out in two tweets. There's your answer. Patrick Trolls retweeted the first one with a reply that said, "Let's hope there's a second. <laughs> that's 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 a good tweet. I didn't see that. Uh, that's that's funny, but that's really. You almost think at that point Kentucky should have been worse, and the fact that Mark Stoops had that team five and zero this year, maybe he deserves an award. Although it came down to, you know, it, it burned and crashed. You, you'd think it'd be worse. It's, oh, that's unbelievable! It doesn't how. help coming on the fact Louisville did just produce ten draft picks, fourteen in the last two years. Yeah, and I, and I want to talk about that too. That's that's an unbelievably great accomplishment for Louisville. That's something they're going to use for recruiting. Although they weren't Bobby Petrino's guys, that's something that he can use to his advantage, and he should use that. Uh, and that's it, it's a, 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 like I said, a great achievement for Louisville football. But as we both know, Trevor, those were all Charlie Strong guys. Charlie Strong's not here anymore, True. Uh, and it, it speaks to what kind of job he was able to do there. And it kind of makes me think that if you had Charlie Strong at Louisville for the ACC. They would turn into maybe not quite a Florida State, maybe not quite a Clemson. Well, no, I, I think actually they could be just as competitive from not only a national level, uh, but certainly in the conference as Clemson. Maybe just a step lower than Florida State. Now, are you are you saying that you don't think you don't have the same trust in Petrino to do that and 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 continue the path that 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 Charlie Strong set? By the way, having Charlie Strong do the uh, ESP uh, the uh, NFL Network draft on Saturday. When about ninety percent of those guys were drafted, was pretty cool. I, I didn't see that because again, I didn't watch that much of the draft. But that is cool, and that uh, I'm sure he was very proud about that. And you know, he's going to use that at Texas too. Oh, yeah, not that you which, have to, which will be good for him. Uh, but uh, now, I, I don't think there's any guarantee that Bobby Petrino can keep that success at Louisville. Uh, he's he didn't necessarily have to start over from scratch, but different style different personality, different perception on a national scale. And unfortunately for Bobby Petrino, it's obviously not as good as Charlie Strong's. Um, and I'm not saying Louisville can't get there now, but I, I think Louisville would be there now if Charlie Strong was still the coach. Does that make sense? Yeah, I don't know if Louisville really trailed off last year, so to speak. But, I mean, it, I, I, I don't... I don't I don't know. I mean, you you say that as if they they had a bad year last year and they didn't. I mean, they had a solid well, year. Would Charlie Strong had a better year? Maybe, well they, but, maybe no, not. No, 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 no. I'm not saying they had a bad year last year, but you got to remember, Trevor, they had ten draft picks too. Now they yeah. don't have guys getting drafted this next year, so now the talent level is going to dip a little bit. Now I'm not saying that Bobby Petrino can't get it back there. Well, he does have a top recruiting class coming in this year. It, I mean, what do you consider a top recruiting class? I think it's top fifty, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, you can't consider top fifty a top recruiting class because in Louisville football, there's only 115 schools. So yeah, you're you're you are technically top half, but that, you know I'd consider a top recruiting class top ten. 
And Louisville standards, that's 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 pretty good. And even for Kentucky standards, that should be pretty good. For any standard of the level of football that we play. Even if oh. we, we mar, even if the fans do uh think they're bigger powers than they really are. Well, the lack of talent in the state. I, I yeah. top fifty shouldn't be the goal. I think Louisville ended up at thirty 36 or something there like you that. You're more recruiting guy. You should know this more than me. Should I know that? I, I, you're right. I probably should. Uh, let's. I'm just trying to remember what I heard Nick Coffey say once or twice on, a, on one of his shows. I really am curious now what, what Louisville. Louisville ended up finishing ahead of Kentucky, obviously, because Kentucky lost 30 guys in the last five days. But. Uh, they were they were pretty comparable recruiting classes, and again, I'm not saying that Bobby Petrino can't get Louisville to the top of the ACC and, and make them a power year in and year out. It's just he's going to have to show it now. Uh, where I think Charlie Strong that transition into the ACC would have been very very smooth. Again, not that it wasn't for Louisville, but we're going to learn more about Louisville now too because again, you don't have ten NFL players on your team. Not that again, all those guys are going to make rosters, but they all were drafted so. Obviously, they caught the eye of NFL teams enough where they wanted to uh, and willing to spend a little money on them. So, uh, we'll see. But that is a, a great accomplishment for Louisville, especially Charlie Strong. And it's, it's really what Kentucky should look to strive to do. And I think Mark Stoops obviously moving the, the program in the right direction. But those numbers, unbelievable. 52% of Joker Phillips guys don't finish at Kentucky. Only one gets drafted by the NFL. As it stands right now. That's something you put on your Super Bowl commercial. <laughs> that, that should be UK's next Super Bowl commercial. It should just be uh, a, a, a dumpster on fire. <laughs> and then and then Stoops can maybe like come out of it. It could be really, you know, real bad. He just real bad. He should show him talking while he's pouring corsine on it. And then as he's walking away, he flips the match behind him. And it just blows yeah. up in his background. He walks away like in, a, in an action movie scene. I like it. I like it. We should be doing some marketing for Kentucky. Uh, that would be good. Um, didn't have a lot of time, and we're going to, again, like I said, we're going to talk more football as this summer and spring goes on. Captain Arch says we should have a whole show to dedicated to Mitch Barnhart's misdeeds. Uh, I don't think Kentucky fans really can complain all that much about Mitch Barnhart now. Every Pretty much every sport, with the exception of football is better now than it was 10 years ago with the exception of maybe baseball. Baseball is kind of is starting it looks like it's starting to decline a little bit. Uh, I don't know if Gary Henderson's the right guy for that job, but uh, by the way, DJ, someone just texted me. I thought it was pretty funny about the Trinity thing. They just texted me and said, "Come on, we all don't know the only starter getting getting tested will be the punter." Yeah. Uh, see again, I I want to know the details of what how they're going to do it. Uh and I mean, what if, you know, what if a story came out in a year or two where half the the Trinity football players said that they had never been tested in their careers? Uh, then, that, you know, that could all blow up in Trinity's face, which, yeah, you know, wouldn't maybe be the worst thing in the world. Hey, I'm, I'm with you. I'm a Wagner guy. We both, we, one thing we might, we might not agree on a lot of things, DJ. We agree on this. Screw Trinity. Yeah, I actually never really hated Trinity for being a Saint. Actually, yeah, a lot of people get mad when I say that. Because uh, they're just it, it, if you are a Saint X person and you really really hate Trinity, then you probably kind of hate yourself because Saint X and Trinity are just the same school with different logos uh, and different colors and a few minor exceptions where Yates hair is allowed at Trinity and not allowed at Saint X. And I'd be allowed at Trinity at Saint X because they don't test. 
You're right. They're right, but just don't bring it to campus or else you'll get in big trouble. Yeah, no promises. Uh, didn't get into John Calipari's rant about recruiting. We'll save that for tomorrow. Uh, interesting. Picked up a lot of national attention. Uh, some people taking it as him being kind of whiny for missing out on a bunch of guys. Other people kind of not inspired by it, but thought it was a, a, a cool move for him to make. I'm just don't think it's going to have that big of an impact. Uh, actions speak louder than words for John Calipari with this platooning thing. And recruits were scared of it. But recruits did not want to re- did not want to do platooning. And John Calipari could tell them that they weren't going to. You could look at the roster. It could look very clear, especially late, that it wasn't going to happen again. But, Trevor, they're probably just going to have to see it. They're going to have to see it to believe it this upcoming year. Okay, you're not subbing five in for five. Okay, cool. That sounds good. This is the first marketing ploy of Calipari's five-year tenure that actually backfired, is it not? Well, uh, he had he, he had to do that. Yeah, but it was it was a. I mean, when he originally came out with it, it was another. I know it's a stereotype of non-Kentucky fans to to, to point fingers at UK fans by saying they make T-shirts for everything, but it was it was a marketing ploy. It's what it was when he came out with it, and it backfired. And it's you know what you can't be hundred percent with everything. I mean, you can't be as bad as Joker Phillips recruiting, but. You know, occasionally one thing will backfire, and I think this is the one that so far has clearly backfired in terms of the marketing of the Kentucky effect that he's done so well over his five-year tenure. Yeah, it's again. I think it was. I think John Calipari is more marketing his guys for the NBA, saying, "Hey, don't notice that so and so only played 18 minutes a game. We're platooning." Maybe originally he thought, "Oh, wow, this could catch on and be the cool new thing in college basketball," and it's my idea. I think later on, it was more of, yeah, you, NBA guys, you need to know this is why our guys are averaging only 9.7 rebounds per game. It's because we're platooning. Really, he stopped doing the true platoons, all things considered, when Alex Poitras was injured, but still made big substitutions, you know, subbing three or four guys at a time, but not true platooning. Uh, we're out of time for today, but we can talk about this tomorrow. Uh, we can talk about drug testing, Star Wars. Cinco de Mayo, all that other fun stuff that we continue to spend probably too much time on. So thanks for listening. Tune in tomorrow, 1450 The Sitting by the river, got my old shotgun, fishing pole in my liquor. Cause people always trying to tell me how to run my life when they say I'm doing wrong and I swear I'm doing right.